Welcome to the Take the Cake podcast. I am your host, Kate Noel, and I am so happy you're here. My mission is to inspire you to be the best version of yourself by truly honoring what your mind, body, and soul want and need. Here, we talk about everything and anything, wellness, recovery, lifestyle stuff, lots more. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey friends, and welcome, or welcome back to the Take the Cake podcast. Yes, today we are doing a solo cast, and I'm so sorry if this audio quality sounds stinky. It's because I forgot my microphone. I just got to Michigan um, visiting my parents and my family for the holidays, and I forgot my microphone. Oh, you know, I always forget something. It's okay. No big deal. I think this audio quality is surprisingly okay, just by the way the waves look on the computer. So I'm just going to go with it. And um, thank you all for being so patient with me, even though my audio is stinky. So today I wanted to answer a listener question that I got uh, emailed to me a while back from a lovely lady named Marie. Um, And I'm going to just go ahead and read her question right now. Okay, this is what Marie said. Hi, Kate. First of all, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you do. I had been stuck in quasi-recovery for a long time after being treated for anorexia in 2017, and your podcast have been a true light for me throughout this year. That's so nice. I was thinking maybe you'd be interested in talking about this on your podcast. Lately, I have been thinking that one of my biggest issues in my recovery was exercise addiction, besides not eating enough, of course. When I started treatment, I slowly began getting better and eating became something not so as scary, even enjoyable with time. Nowadays, I can say I'm completely free in my relationship with food and my body image has improved considerably. However, one of the biggest challenges for me was quitting exercise. I think it was my last resource for me not to feel, quote, out of control, quote. What is interesting to me is that I wasn't even trying to be thin anymore, but my obsession took the form of an intense fear of not being toned enough, quotes. Suddenly, I didn't care about my weight anymore, but I really felt I needed to be toned to feel good about my body. My questions for you are, do you think this is something that commonly happens in eating sort of recovery when you let go of the fear of weight gain and other fear appears related to body image? What are some ways to cope with this? And lastly, why do you think that we as a society give so much value to toned bodies in general? I would love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much. Big hug to you. Thank you, Marie. Big hug to you as well. This question was is really great, um, and I really wanted to answer this one. And it was so sweet. You're so kind. Thank you. I'm so happy to have been here to support you through your journey. And I can relate to you. Um, at least my past self can, on this uh, issue of wanting to be toned. So, okay, this is really common. To answer your question, this is really common. I see in recovery, this was common, this was in my recovery as well, is this like transference of the idea of not being thin enough to now not being toned enough. There's also other like, I feel like transference that happens in recovery, like when you all of a sudden aren't thin, like not obsessed with being thin anymore. Maybe you're like obsessed with being productive or obsessed with work or obsessed with this. And that's common. That was happened in my life. But I think especially, yeah, it is common. 
I see it a lot on social media, right? Like people who seem to immediately go from wanting to be really thin to wanting to be toned or wanting to to build muscle. And here's the thing. I, I think this is important to know. I don't, I don't think it's inherently wrong to want to have muscle and want to be strong. In fact, I can honestly say I don't think it's inherently wrong to even want to shapeshift your body through exercise. Here's the kicker. Here's the thing. If you hate yourself into this change, i.e. going every day to the gym without taking a break, working out for hours, pushing yourself so hard to exhaustion, not allowing yourself to properly like recover throughout your workouts, if you can't go a day without doing it, if it's affecting your social life, if you're not enjoying it, if you're counting reps, if you're counting calories, if you're you know, doing any anything like that, it's not really sustainable. And if, if you hate yourself before you start, you hate yourself while you're doing it, hate your body really, hate your body while you're doing it, I don't think you're going to really love your body at the end of the process, even though that might be an alluring promise. It's not sustainable. And I think that, you know, there's, this is just simply a transference of, of, obsession of body image issues and and that won't make it go away because even though we might think and society might promise to us that being toned will solve all of our problems it won't i mean maybe it will make your life a little easier maybe it's temporary maybe not like i don't really know what's going to happen to other people's lives i can't say that for sure but for me it definitely wasn't you know the biggest solution. It wasn't the big promise. It didn't give me the big answers that I thought it would. So before you embark on your journey into wanting to tone your body, I feel like it's so important to try and sort out what the deeper issues might be underneath your desire to change your body. Maybe changing your body gives you a false sense of control. Maybe if, you know, maybe you're scared that if you let yourself be soft more soft, you'll feel unloved or you won't feel special or you'll feel um, a lack of respect. There's so many like underlying issues that could be there. And so I think when you ask yourself and you can be really honest with yourself, that's when you can actually see changes in your life that will better you regardless of if that's with your body or not. I think that so many people people forget including myself i forget how much stress impacts our metabolism like it affects our metabolic health a lot when we're stressed when we're in fight or flight when we have toxic beliefs about ourselves we're not digesting our food we're not assimilating our food we're not like present and we don't make the best choices for ourselves and when we don't make the best choices for ourselves when we're not nourished when we're not um you know, assimilating our nutrients, what's the difference? Like the gym isn't going to make that big of a difference because it takes a, it takes a lot of metabolic power. It takes a lot of presence. It takes a lot of food to like build muscle, to tone your body, to, you know, this, that's a lot of work. If you feel super stressed about the results, if you're so stressed about the results, that's where I feel like you're not going to get the results you want. If you're so obsessed with the results, at least that's, that was my experience. When I, when I released expectations that's when i feel like i actually saw because you know i like to go to the gym i like to lift some weights I like to do some yoga i like to do some pilates here and there and 
when I just released expectations about what's going to happen to my body when I started doing those things, that's when I actually saw, honestly, like changes in my body. And that's when I saw like, oh, I got, I have more core strength and oh, my booty growing. You know, I just like, I saw these cool changes and that's a really interesting, like anecdotal experience that I honestly, I wouldn't have believed if, if a stranger would have told me that on a random podcast, I would have been like, no way, but it's true. That's true for me. At least here's the thing. I don't think you're actually scared of the number, right? I don't think anyone really is like if I, if I say, does the number 160 scare you? I think out of context, you'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? But if I say, what does the number 160 pounds mean to you? I think that you would, or I at least would have a story behind like what that meant for me. And maybe like, and I created a story about every number you would have asked me, like 160, 170, 140, 120, all these 180, 200, 250, all these numbers had a different story behind them or maybe the same story um, at one point in my life. And so what w- what's the story that you're telling yourself that's going to happen? Is it that, like I said, are you going to be unloved? Is no one going to like you? Are you going to be alone? What is the story? And I think that's when we can actually see like what fears are underneath. So it, for example, if, if, you know, you're feeling like obsessed with being toned now, you can ask yourself the same thing. And like, that's not addressing your fears underneath. Um, and then the last question or the second last question is what are some ways to cope with this? My, my advice would be to allow yourself to take a break from the really masculine and numbers based goals that you might be putting on yourself. So can you do an exercise that's not aesthetically oriented? Can you try and have fun with it? <laughs> can you release the numbers, the body checking by say goodbye to body checking See a body checking, that's not good, right? We don't need to do that anymore. Try to allow yourself to like stay curious with exercise. And um, I would say just create goals around the way that you feel um, rather than the way that you look. I think like in our, in society today, there's this like obsession with appearing fit rather than simply being fit. I think so many of us, especially because of diet culture, have been taught that the way you look equals your health. And that's actually not inherently true. You know, the way you take care of yourself might have a huge impact on the way you look, but there are many, 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 many healthy and fit people who might not look super toned. And there are also people who might look really toned and healthy, but their health might be suffering. You you just don't know. You never know, right? Based on the way somebody looks. I do think that the way we take care of ourselves can impact the way that we look and appear, which that can correlate to our health. But inherently, yeah, I don't think that health equals the way somebody looks. So some ways to cope I am thinking of, um, I would say try to take a break. (laughs) If you can take a break, let yourself be softer for a little bit, see what happens. Or maybe you won't won't get softer. I don't know. See what happens. Experiment with taking a break. I think um, try joining a class or trying out classes. Join ClassPass if you have it in your area. Um, And just try different things out and see see what feels good to you. Um, writing like an inventory of what you want and expect from your workout classes. What kind of workouts do you, would you expect to do? What kind of uh, instructors do you want? The size of the classes, like how much money you want to spend on it, like writing out an inventory of kind of what you are looking for. It's okay if it's not super specific. I think that's actually probably a good thing if it's not super specific because I think another thing you can do is to really release the concept that you like have to put yourself into a box and label yourself. 
And then another way to cope with this is to have an accountability buddy, share with them um, your current struggles and see if they can hold you accountable and help you to uh, discover who you are outside of of your body at the moment. And, and my last, I would say, way to cope with this is to embody, which essentially just means find ways outside of exercise where you can feel in your body, you can feel connected to your body. Um, that might be dancing, singing, that might be stretching, which is maybe considered exercise to some people. It is to me. Um, maybe that's walking outside in the cold. Maybe that's doing a little sauna session. Maybe that's um, touching yourself. Maybe that's getting ready. Maybe that's getting dressed in like, your favorite outfit, like embody, swimming, embody feel inside of your body and, and what that means. That, that can mean something different to everyone. Outside of exercise, finding out what makes you feel inside of your body. Um, and then the last question is, why do we think as, why do you think we as a society give so much value to toned bodies in general? I don't know why. I do know that women's fitness history is very complicated and has changed a lot and Women only really started exercising and focusing on physical health in the early 1900s with like simple stretching as the main thing. Yoga became popular, then aerobics, now it's Pilates, weightlifting, CrossFit was in there somewhere, you know. It's changing really fast nowadays. Everything's changing fast. It's constantly changing. And as a society, society has body trends, right? We've all seen the heroin chic. Can I say that on this? Is this going to make my podcast explicit? I don't know. We've seen that, the stinky, silly, stupid heroin chic trend. I can't even say it out loud. It makes me sick, sick. That's sickening. So we don't, you know, just let's, let's just try and, and quit trying to be on trend because it's literally a never ending race. And trust me, you are better than trying to be on trend with your body. Like you can, when we have freedom with our bodies and we're not focused on a and 100% of the way we look, we can do what we love, live up to our potential, do what makes us feel good. We can live our happiest lives. And I think that when we are happy, truly like generally happy, because we can't always be happy, right? You gotta feel some sadness sometimes and some other emotions. But when we are our highest self, then the way the um, body shape shifting will become naturally, right? Like, our bodies are intrinsically really intelligent and I think they are really intuitive. So we can trust that we will find our way and always making the main priority in your life. I mean, this is my thing. Always make the main priority in your life freedom from food and body challenges because when we have this cloud of eating disorder, disorder eating, obsession with food, being toned, whatever it might be, we can't think straight. Like we can't live our lives. Like there's, it, it puts a break on our lives, at least it did for me. So I think that is something I really think is important, just to prioritize your recovery. And the life, like you're not always gonna be in recovery. Like the life, your life will happen afterwards. So I think just trusting that life just goes on and you can, you know, live a life post ED recovery where you are embodied and you make really good choices for yourself and you don't have to like, micromanage every single part of your exercise and body routine. 
I thought it could be kind of interesting. I'm looking at this article from birdie.com and it's called Take a Look at the Fascinating History of Women's Exercise. I'll leave it down below, linked in the show notes. And I thought it could be interesting to kind of show you, or I thought it would be interesting to share some of the things I thought were interesting. So from the 1990s to 1920s, there were minimal effort machines. So, so Americans weren't that interested in exercising, but they were interested in partying, eating, and drinking because it was post-World War One, and people were in the roaring 20s and people were just trying to have fun. And I think that's really interesting. Um, and it says the early 1900s, there was a lot of stretching, a precursor to yoga. There were stationary bikes, rowing machines. There's something called Vibro Slim, a vibrating belt that massaged the body. Why doesn't that surprise me? That seems like something that probably exists to this day, honestly. But those are popular methods of exercising. Um, and then, you know, wellness trends. It says in 1910, um, yawning was a wellness trend that was thought to be valuable exercise for the lungs. That's really interesting. It says the 1930s to the 1940s were glamour girl workouts, repetitious movement using one's own body. Of course, in the video is a male voiceover classic. Um, and then people... Oh my gosh, in the 30s, it says cigarette ads were coming with exercise cards because they weren't seen as a health risk. So you could smoke and exercise at the same time. Oh my gosh. Okay, and then it also says women were no longer wearing high heels and pearls to their workout classes in the 30s through 40s. Thank goodness, that sounds terrible. Um, and then it says the 1950s to 1960s, people were hula hooping health clubs were becoming popular resistance machines stuff like that um ooh, and then it says that this was the time that people began to see self-care which is cool um and then people in the 50s were wearing cotton leotards um and then spandex was invented so that changed everything and then of course the 70s and 80s were about um, step aerobics, leg warmers, that sort of thing. I think we all kind of know that. Um, and then, oh gosh, the first diet pill became popular in the 70s. That's not great. And then we have the 1990s to the 2000s, which is buns and thighs. Um, women everywhere were all about the thigh master. Oh my gosh. Lots of like step aerobics, spinning, incline skating, Nordic track, Zumba bar, kickboxing, stuff like that 2010s class pass era okay i'm still in that era i like it, it says the days of soul cycle athleisure clean eating and physical activities a lot of people did um lots of different like workout classes and um yeah and i feel like now i feel like now it's like pilates and weightlifting that's like what i'm seeing the most i don't know but maybe it's like the niche community of people i follow um but I thought that was just kind of interesting to, to look at together. We can go down memory lane. And I think the reason why I wanted to go down and, and look at all these trends is because um, it's clear that exercise has changed a lot over the years and that uh, women are just vulnerable and susceptible to, to trends. And I think it's important to be really... Um, be really careful and protect yourself and protect your peace when it comes to these trends. That is my um, ideas on 
coping and dealing with the transference of from wanting to be thin to wanting to be toned. Um, I will say personally, it gets easier in my opinion, at least in my life. It just gets easier through, throughout time to kind of listen to your body more. And I, I do understand what it's like to feel like your body's not really giving you any signals or cues. And it's really scary to to not have any sort of exercise routine um, for a while. That was at least my reality. So I think just keep going, um, have patience, figure out what you really want, allow yourself to change and evolve, and you can change your mind anytime. You can keep changing your mind throughout your whole life. So have fun uh, Have fun experimenting with it. And um, yeah, I hope that you found this podcast helpful. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope that you have an amazing holiday season. Eat those favorite foods. Have fun. Relax. I'm taking a big, big, big break. I'm not really going to be posting as much on social media. And I'm just taking a break these days and trying my best to slow down because it's so important. So um, you can do that too if you want. So hope you have a great holiday season. I'll see you all in the next episode of Take the Cake.